Hello and welcome back to the Big B and Speedy C podcast. We are your hosts. I am Brian. I'm Cody. And it's been a short, a short break. It's our just an eight month break. Eight month break. Um, we decided to come back. Um, I was getting a lot of hate mail from Tyler. Was he actually messaging you? No, not at oh. all. I was about to say that'd be awesome. Yeah, bring it back already. <laughs> no, but we're here. Um, we were sitting here before the podcast even started and just trying to decide, like, what has changed. We still are technically in a pandemic, but I think the Russia thing has <laughs> undermined the yeah. pandemic. It's snowing in March. It's snowing in March. Dude, we had a – I remember that spring – it was spring break and we had track practice and it snowed one of the days. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we are inside. So this isn't that crazy. Oh, yeah, I guess that's annoying. Yeah, that's true. Huh. I, I forgot about that. But because it track. always happened, like, the first week of track, it, like, mm-hmm. snowed or something. Mm-hmm. Which was not easy to run in. No. Dude, there was one time, it wasn't March, but it was like during Christmas break. And I was on, we were on Christmas break, so we didn't have access to our facility. This was when I was in college. And I went to Seaman Track and shoveled a 400 meter lane. And then the next day, people were using it. Oh my god! I was like, dude, get out of here. Like, <laughs> I did mine. this work. There dude, I remember that. The, the people were like, oh, I wonder who did this. I was like, it was me. Yeah. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Douchebags. That's freaking nuts. Cool. So you want to get into it? Yeah, man. Let's try this out. So I feel like we, just anyone in, in their day goes about, and they, they just talk, they think, they always have a constant thing about weight. Okay. And I feel like there's so many like diets, there's so many rumors or just so much information out there. And I just want to discuss weight management. Mm-hmm. This is terrific because I'm going to... This is that's one of my topics that I'll just like piggyback off of later. <laughs> but Brexton has this really cool quote, and I'm gonna butcher it. Did you hear that whistle? Yeah, that was, that was, that was <laughs> it kind of confused me. Um, it's like the way you are when you're happy is the way you're meant to be. It's along those lines. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that actually comes with a lot of self reflection. Um, because if you're this is this is tricky to talk about weight wise. It is because it's everyone's own perception. Like if you're genuinely happy, like I, I know that. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just talk into it. If you go out and you're drinking every other day or so, and you're having fun because you're out and you're partying, and you're having a good time, and you're eating the whatever food you want because it makes you happy in the moment and all those kinds of things. Like those are actual measurements of happy. But that's where like I feel like the self reflection comes in because those kinds of habits and those things lead to weight gain. Mm-hmm. And so I genuinely think that the weight that you are when you're happy is the weight you're supposed to be, but that requires self-reflection because if the things that you're doing that make you happy, are they making you genuinely happy? Yeah. You know? Like short-term happiness. That's right. Yeah. And like overall, <clears throat> what what is your body allowing you to do that makes you happy? And like, and not, like the flip side of that is like what is the weight – like if you are heavy set, like what is that keeping you away from? Mm-hmm. Like is it – or was it causing? Yeah, exactly. Like, is it making stairs hard or playing with kids hard or playing with your animals hard or is your energy level hard or all those things that weight's tied into? So it's crazy because the reason um, I was talking, I want to talk about this is I had a lecture and it was kind of based, just giving random stats. And apparently, like in the U.S., 73.6% of adults are either overweight or obese. Okay. That is... In See, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> but but you, t- you I mean, you can take that with a grain of salt because it's based on like BMI and uh, waist okay. waist circumference and stuff. Okay. Which the BMI it gets a little tricky because. Oh man, that's not that. 
reliable. It, so it is at, like, a certain level. Like, once you get past a certain level, then it's, like, accurate. Okay. But when gotcha. you're... There's, like, a certain range where it's kind of dicey. Like, are you actually overweight or are you just yeah, mostly... I, th- I think my BMI is overweight. Yeah. So, yeah, stuff like that. But anyways... But there, um, there's a there's a there's a kind of a line where it is reliable. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. And so there's a... Like, like I was saying, there's so many... There's so many people out there that just are getting so much information when they probably shouldn't be, but it's just because they're so popular and have such a high mm-hmm. um, volume of people that follow them, it, they're listening to them. And people always are just wondering, like, what's a good way to lose weight and, like, what's healthy? Because, like, when you get to significant weight losses, like, 1% to 2% a week or, like, 5% in a month or 10% in six months, okay, then you're in, like, a malnutrition state. And so... If people are mm. fasting or just cutting calories tremendously, then like how how's that going to affect you long term? Interesting. And every single thing that I've read, like the obesity code, um, the body, like these books, um, even the bulletproof book that I read, which I don't know if I'm really <laughs> a big fan, because because it's kind of what you said. Like I don't know much, and I might be talking ill about Dave Asprey. <laughs> Um, but that, that seems kind of like a person that has a lot of influence and is able to preach some things. Um, however, and the thing that I keep, that keeps getting repeated to me is that every single time that there's a calorie deficit, you will lose weight right away, but your Mm -hmm. body reacts like it's, it's losing weight. But then at some point your body tries to maintain homeostasis and then it just, it's like a survival instinct. And then it just holds on to everything that you're eating. And then, then you gain all your weight back plus some, and it's even harder to lose weight. So malnutrition, calorie deficits, fasting, that's tricky because there is some interesting research about fasting and how well, it yeah, helps with anti-aging, but you still got to get your calories in. So don't get me wrong about, like, if you want to fast for your diet, then that's fine. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of going back to what you're talking about with Brexit. Um, Like the best diet, there, there is none. There's one, the best diet is the one that you can sustain. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's where people start gaining weight again because they just go 100% into these crazy diets mm-hmm. and they're just unhappy. They're always hungry. They're dragging ass. And so they're just like, well, screw this. Like, I don't want to be miserable. And so just go back to their ways. Yeah. Because you're supposed to, like, the healthy range is like a pound a week or something like that. Healthy weight loss, a pound a week. And that's not meaning because that's been the weirdest thing that I've been learning. And this is coming from Megan also is that you need to be taking in an abundance of calories. Not like an abundance, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's abundance of calories. (laughs) 10,000 calories. But you need to be feeding yourself so that you can actually fuel your metabolism. And like those things. Like I always thought of like you need to be eating just for like energy and just regular body functions. But I wasn't actually thinking about you need to be eating so that you can lose weight. Like that kind of messes with people's minds because we've had this like cultural idea that you need to be eating less to gain weight. So it's because so that's tricky because yes you do need to be eating but you also need you still need to be at a caloric deficit. Yeah, how? Why? So, because it's basically because you already have your like basal metabolic rate and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, exercise is only like five to ten percent. So you only lose five to ten percent by exercising. So. So that's why you need to be in a caloric deficit. So with a caloric deficit, also okay. So let's let's talk about someone that's eats 
already like I feel like a caloric deficit almost means like you're trying to find the calories that you're supposed to be taking in a day and like for people that probably are overweight they have an abundance of calories and they need to go to a deficit because they haven't reached that level that's like a healthy caloric intake so there, sense? there's actually a I don't know the equation off the top of my head there's an equation that you can do that estimates your energy requirements and it's like based off height cool. weight age and uh, activity factor and all that stuff mm-hmm. and so say like overweight person needs like 4,000 calories. So you're like, all right, you go from that. And then usually what you want to look at at the beginning is just like a 500 caloric deficit. That way it's not just like a thousand or 1,200 where you're just like miserable. Okay. No, that kind of makes, that makes a little bit more sense to me because you're trying to find that level that's maintainable. Yes. And that's, I don't know, maximize efficiency. Like you don't want to be taken in too much because that leads to weight gain and you don't want to be taken into too little because that also leads to weight gain, uh-huh. which is weird. You need to find that right sweet balance. And I feel like if you like break into steps, I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I guess I've already given some advice, but I'm legally, I can't give any advice. Like you got to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But just from like learning about this stuff, I feel like it's just doable, more doable. You know, it's not just like, what am I supposed to do and just getting information from like Facebook or whatever. Gotcha. So it just, I think it's like less overwhelming in my opinion. That makes sense. Yeah. Less overwhelming lifestyle to change. Yeah. Cause I feel like ultimately, man, honestly, it's like getting rid of the highly processed foods. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where like all of the bad issues come from. Yeah. Like so many, even just, if you go back to like when agriculture was first starting, like it was like started with cereals and like, that's when like diseases really started to like take off and like all these like, cardiovascular issues start with like cereals industrial farming and like it's because we started to process food like heavily processed things mm-hmm. and like almost i don't know if i'm overstating but this a lot of this information is coming from the book i just read the uh, the body again by bill bryson <laughs> um goes into that how like processed foods is the root of like food evil like foods are not inherently bad but when they get into like a processed state like that when you're adding all these chemicals and hormones and crazy amounts of sugars into them Mm -hmm. oh so i'll go into this not right now we'll finish off yours but um we went to whole 30 and this is the first time cutting out sugars like this Mm -hmm. we're still eating fruit and like we're getting we're getting our sugars from whole foods um but i found a thing that was like a uh kind of a uh, a booster to getting rid of sugars. I, I heard this thing on NPR where they're talking about the uh, the work environment for people that are farming sugars, and it, it's basically slave labor. Like it, honestly, <laughs> like a lot of things, like even iPhones. Like when you boil it down, it's like the smallest parts are farmed by like it's, or they're they're mined by like slave work, and it's the same thing, but with like sugar. Really? Yeah, and like we eat so much freaking sugar a day because it is in everything. That's been the hardest thing about like switching to this whole thirty mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. is that it's in everything. You have to avoid, it. and that's why like you have to like get so much fresh produce. And I'm spitting at you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all these things that you can avoid all the added sugar. It's ridiculous. So, so that's the whole thirty thing. Is like not just like so what? It, so you know how some things have like sugar but doesn't have added sugar. Mm-hmm. So you can eat it still because there's no added sugar. Like what? Like uh, fruits? No, I mean, of course, fruits have like natural sugar. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of something off the top of my head. Because like essentially carbohydrates are sugars. Mm-hmm. And so as long as there's like no added sugars and that whatever you're doing, whatever you're eating is fine. That's right. So like if you're one of the hardest things has been pestos, making pesto sauces because uh, they, have, they have cheeses and um, sugars added to them. 
And the hardest thing about them is not necessarily avoiding the cheese and the sugar because it's easy when you're making it on your own. But the amount of like basil that goes into it is a crap load and it's kind of expensive to get it at the store. Like just four oh. cups of basil to make this pesto. Make it at home? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I guess I'm trying to think of things that like things that generically add sugars. I don't know. I don't really. So what if it's like, what if it's like a low, cause like peanut butter. Can't do it. Can't eat peanut butter at all. No. Why? Because because of, of the added sugar. Just and a, what if there's like two grams of it though? Still, yeah. Interesting. And it's also I, I can't remember what the other arguments are. Um, sure, you could probably go. You could probably go and make your own peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. Because, yeah, I bet there's people that actually do that. But it's also, oh, like, okay. the additives and the preservatives mm-hmm. and things like that that were that is an emphasis of avoidance on this kind of thing. There is a list, because I, I don't know all the names of preservatives and additives that are actually, like, I guess, Whole30 approved. Fine, yeah. yeah. So there, there's actually this, a laundry list. It's, it's like a PDF you can pull up online, and it says, like, this crazy word is approved. So there are mm-hmm. some that we can do, but... You just got to be a little bit more cognizant about what you're purchasing. Yeah, dude, the, the added sugars, I I definitely see, like, avoiding them, but I don't know if I can get behind um, cutting it out completely. But if it works for you guys, then whatever. <sighs> it's not working right now. <laughs> we are exhausted. <laughs> but we keep there's – this, there's this summary in the book that, based off of, like, the thousands of people that have gone through this program – they have like a timeline of when you're supposed to be feeling a certain way uh-huh. and like around day 11 you just feel like hell and it doesn't it doesn't it's about until like day 16 to day 21 something like that range is when you actually start to feel good so for like two weeks you feel awful and tired because like you're used to the quick mm-hmm. energy from the sugars mm-hmm. and your body's going through the whole conversion to more like fat like fat burning um as fuel <laughs> and it's exhausting man like the past yeah, I, it's kind of like a roller coaster. Like right now for me, it's like one day I wake up and I'm energetic all day, and then the next day I'm so freaking tired I can't uh-huh. get anything done. But before I was on the roller coaster, it was like two or three days in a row of just being so freaking tired. I couldn't do anything. Like I remember, this you can relate to this. I would sit on my couch and just stare out the window. <laughs> when have you ever done that? When have you ever like known Dude. me to do that? <laughs> Dude, the only time I would do that, even when like when I'm sick, I'm I get like so irritated that I'm just sitting there. Yep, I had. <laughs> More energy when I had COVID than I have had, like, when Dude, I was, like, going through this thing. That's crazy. I wonder, does it say why? Like, why is that? Why do people feel that? This is the switching of the source. So, like, <clears throat> we're used to burning the sugars first, like, when we're consuming them. Well, yeah, but usually, like, when added sugars is, um, the problem with it is, like, you'll get that burst, but then you'll feel like shit. That's why people, during the um, mm-hmm. afternoon, if they eat, like, a huge lunch, that's their, uh, I think it's called a glycemic response or something. Yeah. And it was just like, boop, just yeah. drop. And that's, that, it's kind of like a vicious cycle. And that's how, that's how I always yeah. get into like energy drink consumption, like uh, going over the top because we'll, we'll have like a, what, so we were kind of doing it. I don't know. This gets kind of tricky when you talk about like bad diets and fad diets and what you're doing wrong because it can get really kind of toxic. Yeah. But the way that I've kind of been viewing what I've been doing wrong is that I would, I would intermittent fast and then my first meal would not be like a proper meal. Like it wouldn't uh-huh. be a meal to like break a fast with and it wouldn't be like a higher healthy fat protein kind of meal that's kind of suggested. It would be kind of junk. And then throughout the day I would be like snacking with peanut butter with um, what I would consume like or what I would think is like good is like dark chocolate. So I'd have like little dark chocolate chips with peanut butter and I would snack on that and I would just snack on random <laughs> stuff. And yeah, so like I was constantly giving myself um, – 
almost like a steady stream of fuel from processed sugars. Yeah. And then that's where the crash is because your my body is so used to doing that for all, all my life. I have never cut out sugar like this. Um, and that's why the drag happens because you're so used to that and your body's like, what the hell is going on? I guess that makes sense. That makes sense. I won't talk about this, but your gut biome definitely changes too. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean... <laughs> Depends. Uh, we don't need to get Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> it's true, though. Like, when you when you start eating healthy, though, everything just kind of clicks eventually. And that's what's been weird because we've – we – in my mind, we eat really good, or at least what I can, like, consider, especially if I look around at, like, other Americans. If I'm trying not to be too judgy, which I'm a freaking judgy person. My gosh. I'm judgmental. When we go to the grocery store, I like look at other people's carts and I'm like, oh, you're getting that? <laughs> Gosh. I <laughs> trash can. <laughs> I suck a little bit. But uh, I got on a thought spiral there. Where was I at? I don't know. But it's interesting because the thing that kind of stuck out to me is we're, we're in a society where it's just so like exercise, exercise, exercise. Yeah. And when in reality it's like, depends how much you are, I guess, but it's like five to 20 pounds maybe. And of you losing it, and then the rest is what you eat. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. It just just makes me wonder. I've heard numbers like, man, what did I? Okay, in the obesity code, they went so far as to say ninety five percent is diet, five percent is exercise for weight loss. I've heard numbers of like seventy five percent is diet, twenty five percent is exercise for weight loss. But regardless, it's like the hugest proportion of weight loss is the diet. Yeah. Um, Which, don't get me wrong, I mean, exercise is good for way more other things, but... Dude, I heard this from the, the same book, uh, The Body, um, that by exercising and walking and jogging and all these things, you're, kinda, you're not just, like, building a muscle, but you're also kind of, like, beating up your bones a little bit. Uh-huh. You're just making your bones more dense. And I can't remember which hormones are processed in the bone marrow, but some good hormones are processed in the bone marrow. So it's like another benefit to going and exercising so that you can beat up your bones to produce more homo- hormones and have your body. Interesting. Crazy, dude. The body is so weird. Like, oh, you produce h- hormones in your bone marrow? Like, what? <laughs> Just from, like, walking? Yeah, walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah even, like, I think, oh, man, I'm trying to remember, like, what was, like, the standout thing. But, yeah, even walking because the compound, you know, your body weight hitting the surface of the earth and just yeah. compounding the bones huh. yeah weird dude weight management is it, it's it's a it's a toxic but like very beneficial um it's like topic yeah, especially when it but it's toxic when it comes to the diet yeah because there are exactly how you started it there are so many voices and so many dude, diets so many. to do and i don't know that's the thing that i go back to like time and time again whenever we try a new diet or something new it's always cut out the processed foods. And like, that's what it always kind of comes down to me. And I don't know. Is it, I was going to say, like, you know what's bad, but honestly, you don't know what's bad until you Half kind of time, research you have no it a idea. little bit. Dude, you know? I thought, when I ran track, I thought I ate healthy. Yeah. And now, now I know what I, like, know. <laughs> I just look back and like, dude, what? Dude, I remember going, going I to the. I did not do anything. Exactly. Going to the calf. After a uh, track practice in college, like it would be like, I'm gonna eat six white bread, <laughs> peanut butter, and jellies, and that's oh, my healthy. dinner. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I didn't eat a damn thing, vegetable or fruit. Like. <laughs> I was like, what? It's freaking nuts. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And like, 
we would you would you say that we were like the first generation not the first generation but probably one of the first generations to grow up on like heavily processed foods like i remember i wouldn't say we're the first but like ramen noodles and mac and cheese like that was like a standard for us or at least for me but you got like i don't know what time period like the baby boomer time period mm-hmm. like they, all, they had like the canned stuff that they like spam and yeah that's right all okay that garbage i guess i guess if we're going back to industrial revolution time that's probably when like <laughs> <laughs> the peak of processed foods. Yeah. Processed foods are just scary. Cereals, coffee. It depends what the kind of cereals. Well, I'm though. not going back. Coffee in the sense of like, just just the production of it. Like I can't remember what organization moderates this, but they allow in 10 percent of bug or cockroach. It's, oh, it's really? <laughs> stereotypically it's cockroaches because you can't keep out all of it because yeah. it's such a big production. So it's like that's just a reason to get whole bean coffee. Don't get ground coffee because there's a could be a good proportion of bugs there's in a it. Bug in it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I I eat cereal for breakfast usually, but it's like granola. It's not like yeah the uh, what was that? What's that tiger called? Frosted, the, Frosted Flakes. The, yeah, dude. I remember <laughs> and Wheaties. Like Wheaties, dude. I haven't seen a. Uh, I wonder. I want to go and look this up. But the uh, Cheerios. They're Cheerios changed. are actually like not bad. See, I want to look that up because I see the commercial and how they're changing the shape to the heart. Oh, it's yeah. like we cholesterol yeah i was like how <laughs> well because it's because like the the fiber in it the fiber like what is help fiber there's a certain type of fiber that help with a uh, heart disease and stuff okay so that's probably why they're saying that man you just gotta look at the the ingredients which is kind of overwhelming at first but you just gotta know what to look for which mm-hmm. no one teaches that unless you're a nutrition major that and then i got a qualm against milk i don't know how i feel about it like actual milk or I guess all of it, really. Cause I, like, even, like, the almond milks and the oat oh, really? milks and everything. Because I, I, don't, I don't have any... I haven't, like, deep-dived into it, but I've heard, like, Harris, like, like dairy, like, actual dairy. I've heard more negative about dairy than I've heard positive recently. I mean, almond milk isn't dairy. I know, I know. But I, I don't know if the alternatives are actually, like, good for you or not. There are, because you can get ones that just have, like, almond... Whatever almond milk like almond milk yeah and then water and like sugar or something interesting so okay that can be healthy yeah because we got <clears throat> our neighbor people they're doing whole 30 with us and they brought over a creamer they brought over a coffee creamer that's whole 30 approved and it's like it's it's the uh, i can't remember what nut it is hazelnut hazel yeah. i think it's a hazelnut it's not good <laughs> but it's <laughs> <laughs> i don't really like it's not, it doesn't have anything in it yeah you probably get almond one that's better. Probably. That's the same thing. But yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Cart kind of already went into the whole 30 thing. <laughs> Jeez Louise, I can't believe <laughs> one that. One question. One question goes right into Well, I mean, because it, it's, I don't know, I feel like we have a passion for health because we are still enthralled in lifestyle of health uh-huh. or having fitness. And the whole 30 thing, I'm really, I'm really interested. I can't wait to like update you. Because the phase is called tiger's blood, and that's like when it comes like really addictive. Like you wake up and you just have all this powerful energy, and we'll see. It's we'll see what tiger's blood. Tiger's blood. <laughs> I thought it was dragon's blood for the while. For That'd the be f- awesome. And I was like, I, that was kind of cooler in my it opinion. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we'll see. Um, dude, I remember talking to you and Heath about this book, but it's called Fingerprints of the Gods. Oh, at uh, the art Bible study. Yeah, uh-huh. and oh, what's the dude's name? Uh, Graham Hancock. No way. That is a what dope a name. name. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts, dude. He he he's produced a couple of books. Um, he, in my opinion, is like the coolest archaeologist 
because he is going around trying to find and like solve ancient mysteries and he's writing about it and he's writing about it in such a like convincing way and he's he has everything annotated and and this is just a book so fingerprints of the gods and we we i kind of just want to talk about the possibilities of ancient civilizations because i talked to you about the maps and just to like uh-huh. briefly talk about the maps again these maps were dated around like 1500 even as early as 1100 and they had parts of antarctica mapped and south america mapped and it wasn't just like random drawings they had proper latitude and longitude which is insane like technologically impossible because we didn't find out how to mathematically configure longitude latitude i can't remember which one it was i can't both, both. well one of them's pretty easy oh. uh longitude which one goes up and down <laughs> I have no idea. Latitude, latitude, longitude. Thought, yeah, longitude, <laughs> longitude, longitude. Mathematically, is really hard to do, and that's like a recent, I guess, discovery. Uh-huh. But this map from like that's dated to eleven hundred <clears throat> had these places latitude and longitudinally correct, which is insane, absolutely insane. And the documents point to a more ancient source, saying that this guy, this cartographer got it from a different location or from a different source so it just points out this like really ancient civilization which doesn't make sense because of how our history has written uh-huh. everything uh-huh. um but then he moves on to like pyramidal structures and he starts in south america and he goes to like the aztec temples and the olmec temples and all these other like locations um and see seeing these civilizations and how how crazy it is that these walls were made and like the angles of the rocks and how tall the rocks were and how heavy they were and where the quarry was for it and how they got the rocks to the area and all the information and that there is like there are these gigantic like two ton boulders that have uh human faces carved on them and they're they're african-americans and this is in south america which like african-americans in our historical context, did not reach South America, or am I saying these right? Yeah. yeah. Had not reached South America until like 1800 or so. So like to have these heads, they're called the Olmec heads, O-L-M-E-C, Olmec heads, which is like, it's not just a, some random artist went and like accidentally made an African-American face. Like it is like specific and it's like multiple heads. So it's like, how, how did they just like randomly create a race? Like a racial type? No. So like there's all this evidence that humans that weren't supposed to be there were definitely there. And the thing that he's pointing at also is that not only were these temples um, where they're older than what we think they are, like the temples that are in South America are like, it's like, I can't remember the actual age, but older than the pyramids in Egypt which now there's actually dates coming out that Egypt is probably way older than what it was, or like the pyramids and everything. Um, And it's also another thing that's pointing out these these structures is that they just kind of seem to pop up. Usually, if you look at human history, we're able to see like, oh, we went from the wheel to the wagon, to the cart, to the horse and buggy, to the car. You can see like a progression of things. But in this, the temples and the pyramids, they seemingly happened at at the same time, and there's no progression to them. Like there's no documentation to them? Not not just documentation, but it's like there's no there's no real good evidence of like stair stepping evolutionary evolutionarily wise to a temple like of that grandeur. Oh. Of like such oh, technological I see, I see, I see. advancement. Like like the, a mini house to 
a bigger house to the yeah, temple. Yeah, and also the the type of like just absolute skill. So in at Chichen Itza, they have a temple there, and the stairs leading up to the top of the temple. Um, I can't remember what like solar event it's lined up with. I'm, it's probably one of the equinoxes. When the equinox is happening, the shadows that cast on the stairs create a serpent, like a perfect serpent. Like, dude, and they had to build it so fucking perfectly. Like, they didn't just build it, like, on the day of the equinox. <laughs> they had to have known the whole freaking time, like, had everything freaking planned. Dude, what? Yeah. So, what, what is the point of all this dude's work? He's, like, is he just, like, wondering why? He He's wondering why, and he's going, so, <clears throat> in his most recent book, which is, like... Does uh, he just walk around all these places? He gets, he gets so, when he's... When he did this book, uh, Fingerprints of the Gods, I think this is, like, dated. I think it came out in, like, 1995, around that time. Um, he, it started with the map. Like, some dude found that map from, like, the 1500s that had Antarctica mapped. And it just raised more questions. So, they went to libraries and found more maps and more documentations. And then it started, like, piling up all this evidence. Like, ancient, like, civilization is way older. And it was way more advanced than what we give credit to. Yeah. And it's even pointing to, like, an ancient civilization that's like undocumented technically because dude to to have the mathematical skill to do the latitude and longitude is like crazy it's like it's impossible for what we give them credit for because right now we're giving them credit for like stone tools and things like that well and the engineering that goes behind those temples and stuff exactly to build those dude like even just looking <laughs> at the photos like I've, I've i've seen like some of the like uh the history channels documentations like how they built the pyramids and how like oh, yeah. like theoretically how they like pulled the bricks and everything like that dude this makes no these rocks are like tons like two tons of weights and it's like in mountain valleys where the temples are and the rocks are up the mountain on the other side of the mountain like 60 miles away that's where the quarry is like it makes no freaking sense that, yeah see that's what gets me like it makes no sense how they stacked them mm-hmm. like yeah you can speculate all you want i guess because i've seen like those abundant an abundance of slaves and yeah um just work labor <laughs> i was like dude what i was talking to my dad about this <laughs> no way it is like Dude, I don't believe it. I'm like, why? He's like, yeah, they had slaves, but did they really have... Was this you? Actually, maybe this was my dad. He, they were like, there just wasn't that many people. Like, come on. It was ancient days. Like, what? They had just like an abundance of millions and millions of people that were able to do this Dude, labor. Yeah. <laughs> they would need so many dudes to just move one rock. Yeah. Just drag it. Yeah. Let alone lift it up in the air. Dude, that's right. And like, the mathematical precision is what keeps getting yeah. me. Like the pyramids yeah, are lined up with celestial objects and these temples are lined up with celestial events. Like it's absolutely insane. Man, it freaking blows my mind. But ultimately what this dude is pointing at is he, he's trying to rewrite how we view ancient history and trying to rewrite the dates. And we have like carbon dating too. That's proving that these sites are way older than what they're documented as. Uh -huh. But traditional geologists and archaeologists are like refuting it for whatever reason. Like why? Uh, they it's because be right. they want to be right. And like so many people, like, okay, I ran into this with human evolution studies is that some people are just so stuck in their ways that uh, Max Planck, Max Planck, they, isn't he like a, uh, uh, a genetics dude? He's a big scientist. Max Planck. Uh, um, he has a quote, and I'm going to butcher this one also, but it's like, um, science will evolve as previous generations die off. So it's like the only uh, way that, right? And like uh, you shake your head like, yeah, that makes sense because you get all the old farts that have done this thing <laughs> for so long and they're kind of hard to turn their head around. Um, but that's, that's, that's what this guy's doing is compiling a crap load of evidence. And it's, in my opinion, it's really hard to refute.
And he's pointing that there is an ancient civilization that we don't know about and we have relics of what that civilization was like. And we were kind of talking about this, like, dude, that points to like, in my, cause <clears throat> thoughts spiraling. All the, what he did is that there's chroniclers where he got a lot of information from. I know, right? I thought of King Killer Chronicles on that. <laughs> there's chroniclers that have, um, through these parts of like South America that have like the same religious stories of like mm. a different, like kind of messianic character coming in and oh, preaching yeah, yeah. the exact same thing of like peace and don't give human sacrifices and like all this kind of like Jesus kind of stuff. But the thing that is shared also is the flood stories or a cataclysm story. So it's like probably this ancient civilization was before the cataclysm. And that's why we don't have any like real proof of them because the, the Aztecs and the Olmecs, they, they came and inhabited those temples. They, they, the theory is that they didn't make them. They came in and inhabited yeah, them. There. Yeah. And they were taught like the skills and the science and the technology and the tools and the stonework. But the temple was already there. That's crazy. It blows my freaking mind. That also, it kind of... This is not even one of my questions I had, but, um, so you, you know how there's always those movies like, uh, National Treasure and yeah. all those like treasure maps and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you actually think the ancient civilizations that we're talking about actually l- l- like gave clues for these kind of things? Hmm. I don't believe it. I don't think <laughs> like as much as I want to believe it, yeah. <laughs> I do not see why they would go so far out of their way. Like, oh, just make these, like, little secret rooms and shit. Interesting. Like, in temples and things like yeah. that? I don't like, see why not. Because we know? just watched uh, Uncharted. Did you ever play those video games? I don't. I did play the video games. I've heard bad reviews about the movie. Was it good or bad? Oh, dude, it was awesome. What? The, what are these bad reviews about? Dude, dude, okay. Screw the reviews, man. <laughs> ah, everyone's a damn critic. But, and that's what kind of, when you first said this, I was like, because I, I had that thought when I was watching the movie. Because mm-hmm. I loved the movie. But... There's just so many clues and things. I'm just like, dude, why why would someone do this? So I'm gonna I'm gonna base this one off of the book. I don't think it's necessarily clues for treasure. I think it's like weird structures for like resource gaining. I gotta burp. Um one of these temples that was in South America, the temple was built in the again, these rocks are gigantic and huge. They built the structure in such a way that they left like just the smallest enough crack. So that water, when it rains, it would like funnel through these cracks into a system for irrigation. Uh-huh. And it was like so perfectly planned and like it had like intricate designs and stuff. Like I feel like they did secret things like that for like resource gaining. But treasure wise, dude, why not? Why not about treasure? Because the pyramids were like that. Yeah. So I guess I'm, I'm kind of thinking about my question now is the only way, the only reason they would do it is not for us, obviously, but like to hide it from like other people. So maybe that's why there's so many like secret clues and traps and stuff. That or going to a religious sense, if they were like genuinely believing that when they were burying with their riches and things, like it wasn't like for like a hiding away from other people. It was like, you're going to be buried with your things. Oh, so like no one can get it? I don't even know if it's like, so no one can get it. I think it's just like a, I don't, well, probably, but I'm thinking more of like a, like a holistic idea is like when you, like when the pharaoh that apparently that's how you're supposed to say pharaoh. it. It's, it's pharaoh sounds like you're a hipster trying it's to loser it's pharaoh so <laughs> i know it <laughs> that's so dumb yeah because when they died they were buried with all their treasures and i think it's just like a ritualistic thing more than it is to keep it from someone else well i get that but like i'm just going back to the movies there's always there's always like a key or something that you got to find that's right and just put it in this like hole that fits perfectly I'm thinking of like Da Vinci Codes. And yeah, just, those yeah, stuff like that. You have so many riddles and things and you have to prove yourself worthy to be 
like get access to the knowledge to the wisdom because like you don't really hear about it on the news or anything like this dude found this on this secret treasure or whatever i've never heard it i've never seen an article maybe i'm just not looking in the right place or man i don't know i i guess the the adventurer in me wants to hope and believe that there is yeah, kind of stuff and like on that'd purpose. be awesome <laughs> but but like if you found something like truly remarkable this is my kind of like qualm with well hold on i was gonna go to one piece for a second and be like because that i'm gonna i'm gonna backtrack on this but i'm gonna give my original thought that i just sparked my head but like with laugh tale you know like that's the one piece they find the island and they don't tell anyone about it and that is what sparks other people to go out and seek it so at first I was my first thought was like, just share it because then it'll give people like the knowledge of whatever you found. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is like, if you shared it, then people might get content or like stagnant with whatever research was out there. So it gives people a reason like continue to like thrive and go out and seek and be adventurous. But like, do people actually do that? Like I actually treasure, dude, have you ever heard of anyone being a treasure hunter? No, just from shows. Yeah. It's always just shows. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like stuff. And like another, another thought, it sucks too because I love these movies, but I never thought in my head because it's usually like nowadays, like 2021 or whatever, 2022. And I'm just like, out of all of these years, no one thought like, oh, let's go here and find this real quick. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's now these dudes that just happen to stumble upon it. Man. And maybe that's why you don't hear about it because it's already, <laughs> it's already been found. Yeah. Like, is there any treasure left over to be found? I feel like you can go and do like some research, be like, hey, what treasure is not found? But then again... Or like what treasure is out there? Maybe they're not reported that they were found. You know, they were found, but like by uh, not yeah. telling anyone, it keeps... True. Because you, you always got the theory of like Atlantis and stuff. But, dude, that goes into this book. Actually, not the fingerprints of the gods, but I can't remember what the one. It's, it's like Secret America or something. It, he's, instead of focusing on like... He's, in his most recent book, he's focusing on like America's history like even beyond native americans but um there's ideas that the americas or north america probably both because they're are we north america yeah Yeah. is uh that's the lost city of atlantis because plato wrote like this little poem about it and like the coordinates and everything line (laughs) up to what america could be he he's making a case for in his book but he's not he's not like yes america is atlantis but it's just like kind of like fun like Mm. a little little side story but it's interesting because I've had these thoughts too with human evolution. <clears throat> That's is, a huge city though. Like you're telling me America is one city of Atlantis. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> That's so big. He, he started, he started the book by talking about the, what Plato said. And it was like, um, geographically America makes sense for what Plato was saying. But I have no idea. Mm. He's going into, I haven't got far into that book. So I'm leaving like six others and I'm still trying to finish his first one. But, um, Human evolution. We had the Denisovans in Southeast Asia, Asia generally, and then Neanderthals in Europe, and then um, Homo sapiens in Africa, and Homo sapiens went out and conquered the world. However, Native Americans, which are in North America, or at least are Native Americans, um, have Denisovan DNA, mm. but they're only known from Asia. So it's like they had like hundreds of thousands of years ago. Somehow they got from Asia to North America. How. Exactly. Well, the land bridge from oh, yeah, Siberia yeah. to Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dude, that 
that to me is like proof enough that like that is an ancient civilization like old as hell i just wish we could find bones there is ideas there for a little bit like in california they found uh some bones of an animal that looked to be butchered and that dated to like a hundred thousand years ago or so which would blow any kind of like archaeological evidence out of the water like i think like the earliest history we have in north america is like fifteen thousand years ago yeah but weren't Um, the continents like closer together so i could probably yeah, not not like a hundred thousand years or so ago, like human evolution wise. Human like for human evolution, like two million years ago, the world like the continents were the, the way the they same. are. Yeah, oh, interesting. But sea levels and things like that—that's why land bridges were, like you could cross from Siberia. Is that am I in the right area from Russia? That continent southeast? No, south. My directions are horrible. North. Uh, north. I was like, Russia, not south. <laughs> Up over here with my finger, like pointing like that makes sense. Well, a land bridge. Yeah, yeah. Right there. In the north, like northern hemisphere. The northeast. The northeast. Point <laughs> of the Asian continent. <laughs> that's right. So northeast. Confused. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I'm directional. I'll, I'll believe you. <laughs> Do you think... Does this guy like so? I asked you this earlier. Does mm-hmm. he actually go to these places and look? He does. Or yeah. just read and, and there and there's images in the book too of all the temples and all the structures and stuff. It's, fr- it's that'd a, be pretty fun. It is a sweet book, dude. It hooked me on that on the literally the first page because the first page he he wrote a letter to like a like a, a military person. I can I can pull it up right now, but the first thing is the correspondence from this military type person. It was like, Hey, I, we got your map and everything that you said about it from our data, from all of our geological points and everything. We confirm that what you're saying is true. Like this map from 1500s has Antarctica mapped perfectly. Yada, yada, yada. Like we agree with what you're saying. I guess he's kind of, <clears throat> he's not like the movie treasure hunter, but he's like a modern day. Yes. Cause like, he is going to these places and that, that'd be kind of sweet to do. Dude, it's awesome. It is a freaking <laughs> sweet books. I'm, I'm hooked and I can't wait to read. He has like three or four books out. I'm going to read them all. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that concludes this episode. We're trying to keep a little more mellow for the first go around just to, Make sure you guys don't hear too much about us when we go off in our fame. <laughs> um, so next episode, I'm going to be talking about just kind of being like an overall healthy society and uh, talk about video games, of course, which aren't really connected to each other. But <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We got to be a little nerdy. We got to keep some traditions. And then Brian will figure out what he's going to talk about. At least he, he has at least probably, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, maybe. Who knows? Of what? When we're going to do this next. Oh, gosh, yeah. We're not going to be on a regularly based schedule, but we are back. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you, you guys will be surprised when we come out. That's right. <laughs> That's <laughs> Keep right. on your toes. <laughs> All right, that concludes this episode, and we'll see you next time.